Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, beautiful friend. Welcome to the show today. And I'm so excited that you're here with me and you're listening in, and you're going to be so glad that you did with what I'm going to be sharing today. I really hope that it's going to be encouraging to you and that you are going to walk away from this episode feeling inspired and encouraged and like, yes, I want to do this. I want to create more of an environment in my home that is safe, where my kids feel built up, that's calmer and more peaceful. And I'm showing up with more positive energy. And we're going to be talking about that today, me and you. So you may not know that we're doing our Valentine Challenge right now as a Moms of Tweens and Teens community. If you don't belong to the Facebook page, go on there and just put in the search bar Moms of Tweens and Teens. It will come up. Join the page. We have a big private community. We also have a membership community. So you can also join the big private community. Um, and then the membership is going to open up in March. Yay. But anyway, we'll be talking about that later. But the Valentine challenge is really fun. You can do this any way that you want that works with your schedule. But we are providing you with affirmations, very specific for your kids. And then we're also, I'm providing you with adjectives. Now, for me, I find affirmation difficult. And I'm not very good at affirming myself historically. I have gotten a whole lot better, but I have tended to be a person that is really hard on myself. Do you relate? that tends to be more self-critical and judgmental. And years ago, when my oldest was a tween, what I started realizing through doing my own personal growth work on myself that ended up leading to what I do today, what happened was is I started realizing how difficult it was to affirm my my oldest and and my, my kids' because I wasn't very good at doing it myself. So these affirmations will really kind of, it it shifts your mindset to being able to see what your kids are actually doing 
and focus more on those positives. And lots of brain research has done on this, how our brains tend to focus on the negative. And maybe you think back on your childhood and you think about the memories you've had or something that somebody said to you, and we tend to remember those negative things. I can still remember singing for my extended family on Christmas, and one of my relatives told me I was singing too loud. (laughs) I remember, I'll never forget it. I mean, I remember... um, one of my family members one time, I was I commented about my legs and they said, well, you'll always be, you know, a bigger girl. You always have bigger legs. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, right? And it was said by somebody that was very loving and very supportive in my life, but it stuck with me. And being bullied and all those things, we remember the negative and still, I can be like that. But I've really had to be intentional to shift my mindset. And I work on this in my own life as well. And I do daily affirmations and I write goals and I journal a lot. And that is especially helpful. So I just want to dive in to these affirmations. And you can sign up for these on the Moms of Tweens and Teens dot com website. And you will, if you scroll down the page, you can see where you can sign up. You can also, there's a drop down, I think that comes on after 30 seconds or something, and you can sign up there. And when you do, you're going to get the affirmation printable, you're going to get the adjectives, and you're also going to get hearts that you can cut out. Now, let me just say, that you may be listening and you may have a teenage boy. Well, when my son uh, was a teenager, what I did, I've been doing this for years, and what I did is I just used pieces of paper. I didn't use the hearts. And you can write an affirmation on there and put it on their pillow, or you can put it on the mirror where they brush their teeth. You can put it anywhere that they will see it. My my youngest, she has her hearts on her door, and they have been there for years. And every year when I've added to them, then it just builds up and she's never taken them down. My son, who's older now, in his 20s, he I noticed when I was visiting him one time that he had his journal there and he still had his affirmations. So he had held onto them, even though at the time, He didn't tell me how much they had meant to him. I saw that he still had them right there by his journal. So it's very powerful. Um, What I love about the affirmations that I created for you is it gives you some ideas, some fresh ideas. If you're you're like me and you you have a difficult time coming up with things, I'm going to read just a few of them. One thing I appreciate about you is blank. And so you think about what do you appreciate about your kid? You did a great job with blank. Very, see how specific it is? You've taught me how to blank. And what's really cool about this is it gets us thinking about what we love and appreciate about our kids. Now, there is a rule. I don't know who came up with this, but it's called the five to one rule. 
And for every one negative, we need five positives. For every one negative, five positives to make up for that one negative. And when you think about how easy it is to focus on the negative when you have tweens and teens, because there's many things that they're not doing or that they are doing that are frustrating and we can end up nagging and lecturing and we can end up being on them, right? And they just, then they don't want to talk to us. Um, I don't know if you heard the interview I did with Sherry Gazit and she was talking about working with teenagers and what their complaints are about their parents. And so I I said to her, what's the number one complaint that kids have about their parents? And I was a little surprised by what she said. And then I wasn't so surprised because it made so much sense. She said, when they come out of the rooms, their complaint is that the first Thing their parents say to them is something that they need to do. So they don't want to come out to the rooms of the rooms rather than being just happy to see them, right? And like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. We tend to go, oh, here's my opportunity to tell my kid what they need to do, that they need to pick up their shoes, or did they do that homework, or it's time to do the dishes, or did they do their laundry? You know, we just can just inundate them and flood them with questions and things that they need to do. So this shifts the energy and the attention in our home. Here's another one. You put a lot of effort into, thank you for helping me with. I love having you around because. Now, I know that many of you are in a difficult spot right now with your kid, and you might be thinking, you know what? It's really difficult for me, Cheryl, to think about something that I like about my kid right now. It's really hard. Well, I just want to say to you, this will be a great exercise for you. And then the adjectives, I'm going to turn over my paper here, really help too because you're going to notice things that you never really thought about with your kid. Maybe you've got a disrespectful teen and they're really frustrating you right now and it's really difficult and you're in the trenches and it's hard, but they are funny. They are funny. They're difficult, but they're funny. And that's something, you know, you make me laugh. I've told this story before that I ask my oldest, when she was a tween, what she appreciated that I was doing in my relationship with her. Like, what's one thing that you really appreciate about me when, like, when I'm with you? And she said, when you laugh at my jokes. And and she was a toughie, let me tell you. She was a strong-willed one. But when you laugh at my jokes, it made her feel so good, and it made her feel affirmed when I laughed at her jokes. So that's that's something that we can do that's actually an affirmation, acts of kindness. That's an affirmation. We're not talking about that right now, but there's many different ways we can we can affirm our kids as well. Independent. Maybe you've got a strong-willed one. You are independent. You know what? That's going to serve them in the future. Let me tell you. My oldest very independent, very resourceful. She's killing at her job now. She was strong-willed. She was determined. She was independent. And boy, is it serving her now. So we have to really 
trick our brains, change the lens that we see our kids through. Uh, sociable. <laughs> if you have a kid and you can never keep them home, they want to be out all the time. Many kids are not right now because they're still coming out of their their COVID uh, fog and healing from that. And I know for myself, it's more difficult for me right now to want to get out with a group of people. And I did that last Thursday and it was really fun, but I only knew two women, so I was a little scared to go. And I hadn't really been getting out that much. And I thought, gosh, I get it why this can be difficult for our tweens and teens when they haven't really gotten out a whole lot during COVID and we're still healing from that. Supportive, thoughtful, maybe you have a more quiet kid and they don't talk very much, but maybe they're a good listener and maybe they are kind Um, they're faithful, they're peaceful to be around. See, some of these words are just, all of these words are just really helpful because they will, they'll, you know, they'll, um, give you some ideas of how to see your kid through a different lens and help you to really think about some of those positive things about their character and who they are. So I have a few other things that I just want to talk about when it comes to building our kids up. Number one, and I have four points, okay? So focus on what is good. So going back to my five to one rule and what I've already talked about with it, where it's so easy to focus on the negative. So think about what are you really grateful for about your kid? What is very unique about who they are and special about them? And look for those little things they're doing every day, just little things. Maybe they're slobs and they leave their dishes around, but one day, they bring them to the kitchen sink. You can say, thanks. Thanks for picking up your stuff. I didn't have to remind you. That that goes deep down. And the more that we focus on the positive, the more it grows. What we focus on grows. Focus more on the good stuff, and you're going to get more of that. I really think our, our natural human nature tendency is to focus more on those things that need fixing in our kids. And we end up treating them like fixer-upper projects. And I think a lot of that stems from us feeling like we're failing as moms if we don't teach our kids these things. And we have to remember that we've taught them so much and that now our role is shifting. And we are shifting more into a coaching role where we ask questions like, what do you think you want to do about that? Would you like my help? Would you like my support? We tend to just go in there and tell them what they need to do and uh, be overly micromanaging things, which is so natural and normal to want to do. And we're not talking about holding them responsible and accountable. We're not going to talk about that one today. We'll talk about that in another episode But we forget to fill them up, their tanks, their love tanks, to build them up. So number two, focus on their strengths. And maybe you listened to my Michelle Borba interview. If you haven't, go back to that. She's 
amazing. And she's a best-selling author. Her book is called Thrivers. Why I'm I'm forgetting exactly um what the rest of it is, but it's something like it's called Thrivers. Why some kids thrive and others don't. Something like that. Fabulous book. Highly recommend it. And she has lots of research that she's done. She has traveled around the world and talked to kids from all kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds, different cultures, and interviewed them. And what they talked about was exactly what I'm saying, that oftentimes parents would focus on the negative rather than their kids' strengths. And she said, if there's one thing and one thing only that you do that research shows uh, makes the biggest difference in kids thriving is when you focus on their strengths and you affirm them for that. And I know I talked about this in the Facebook Live today on the Moms of Tweens and Teens Facebook page. And I was talking about how as a kid and all through high school, I had a math learning disability. And it was painful, and it was really hard for me. And I didn't want to do my homework. It was so difficult. And back, you know, then my mom had a tutor for me, um, but not one that really specialized in helping me with math. And so I hated it, and I dreaded it. Now, if my mom would have just focused on my math grade all the time and getting that math grade up, which I think I always got maybe C's, I slid slid by, C minuses, um, that would have really beat me down and been discouraging. Versus I was a great writer. I loved writing. I loved theater. I loved music. I was very creative. No surprise that I love to write today on our blog. I love to be with all of you. I love, I just love it. And, um, and so much of that was because that was what really filled my tank. So my mom was so smart at a younger age when she saw I was struggling in school that she got me in a theater group because she saw how I loved to write plays and I loved to get all the neighbors together and act out different uh, different scenarios in the yard. I would recruit, I'd get him in the yard and uh, we'd act out all kinds of stuff. And I was the director. I just loved that. I was a radio TV film major in college and and got into that after college and worked at a production house and so much fun, so much fun. Um, so focus on their strengths. And that means that we have to go to school on our kids. Like what lights your kid up? When they're talking, what do they get excited about? Um, when what, what causes do they care about? What do they feel passionate about? What books are they drawn to? What's their favorite subject? Go to school on it. It's like a diamond in the rough. So be thinking about that. Number three, make your affirmation specific. Sometimes we're just like, oh, you're such a great kid. And that's not, you know, that's, that's a great thing to say, right? But what I have seen happen with moms is if they're, especially if they're struggling with a kid, they tend to feel like they have to build that kid up and they end up giving them empty praise. And 
It's not specific. And so it almost feels to be on the receiving end, and maybe you you've been on the receiving end of this, it almost feels a little manipulative and it doesn't feel so great. And um, like you're kind of trying to pump them up with false praise. And so you want to make it really specific. So gosh, I can see the amount of effort that you're putting into playing basketball. And I can see how much you've improved. That would be a great affirmation to give them. And you can put it on that slip of paper. You can start an affirmation, a Valentine affirmation jar for each of your kids, or you can cut out the hearts that I provide with you for you, and you can stick those up where they can see them, however you think it will work. Also, I will say my kids are older now, so I text it. You can text. You know what? I've been thinking about you today, and this is what I appreciate so much about you. And text them. Don't you really love when somebody does that? They just come up to you and they say, you know, I have curly hair. Somebody will say to me, I just love your curly hair. You know, it might sound silly, but I still feel good when people say that to me. I battled for years with my curly hair. I hated my curly hair. And I decided this is who I am. I'm just going to go curly, right? And so I I feel seen by that. Like, thank you. Um, and it's funny. Notice when somebody affirms you how you want to minimize it. That's a really good sign that we're probably not very good at affirming ourselves, Right. I do have some mom affirmations, by the way, too, and I will share them in these show notes. So number one, focus on the good. What you focus on grows. Number two, focus on their strengths. Really go to school on your kid. Look at these adjectives. Think about the adjectives that describe your kid. Strong-willed kid. They're determined. You know, look for the positive about whatever that is. If you have a kid that tends to kind of stir the pot. They're more the, what's called, maybe you've heard the word like scapegoat in the family. They tend to kind of cause some ruckus and maybe they're a little bit more disrespectful. That kid tends to probably tell the truth and we need to be listening to them. So it can be like, you know, wow, you really point things out in the family that nobody else wants to talk about. But you see things that maybe other people don't see, and you call it out. So you see what I mean? Like switching our focus and our brains around to see the good. And then uh, focus on the strengths. The number three, make it specific to your kid. And then number four, lastly, have fun. Gosh, we're serious right now, aren't we? We tend to get serious. We forget how to play. We feel such a weight on our shoulders of responsibility. As I say that, I just like my shoulders just went down from my ears. And, you know, right now, we're recovering. We're healing, like I said last week. And what fit three years ago for us doesn't fit now. You can't get a square peg in a round hole. And we're in a situation right now where we're healing, and it's like that square peg. And we need to dial it back. 
We need to say, what can I let go of control around? Where can I relax? Where might my kid need more support? What do they really need from me right now? What maybe am I focusing on where I'm putting too much attention on this and I notice it's discouraging my kid, it's causing fights and arguments? And where can I bring more balance when I think about that five to one rule? For every one negative, we need five positive. So how can I create more positive, more positive, what I want to call it, deposits, I guess, more positive deposits in my kid's emotional tank? Think about ways to have fun. And that doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of you are telling me your kids are hiding out, cocooning in their rooms, hard to get them out. But maybe it's slipping a note under their door, an affirmation. And when they come out, not just asking them if they did their homework or they handed in that missing assignment or they need to clean up their dishes, playing music in your home that's happy, that can really change the energy. Think about ways to create greater calm for you and to create more peace, more play, more fun in your home. My word for this year, I always pick a word. I've probably done that for the last four years. And my word for this year is play because I've been kind of heavy and weighed down too. And I'm in a lot of transitions. We just sold our home and we're not quite sure where we're going to go. And now we're empty nesters. And there's just a lot of transitions happening. And I want to play. I want to have new adventures. I want to have fun. Because when we're playful and fun, we're more attractive, right? And so I notice sometimes that's not my natural bent. My bent is work, 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 work. And, you know, and things are hard. We sometimes have to change even those dramatic voices where we're telling ourselves, you know, oh, I'm so tired or I have so much work I've got to do, right? We have to kind of trick our brains and say, no, I'm going to choose today to make it the best day it can be. And I'm going to choose to show up and live freer and lighter and have more fun. And that's what our kids need us to do. They need us to be that presence where they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel accepted, they feel loved. So I hope that you will go to the website, momsoftweensandteens.com, sign up to do the Valentine printables, join our Facebook page as moms are sharing. And I also do Facebook lives in there every week. And also I'm going to be offering a new, new three day free training that kicks off March 1st. And then we're opening up our inner circle membership. So I'm super excited for that. So many of you have gotten on the wait list and you're beating the email door down and just like, when are you opening? And I am so, so excited. It's going to be awesome. And more details to come for that. Um, Go to the website, sign up too for the newsletter so you can find out when that three-day free training is happening. I have a feeling I'm hearing from a lot of you. There's a lot on mental health. I'm trying to figure out based on your needs, it's probably going to be mental and emotional health, how to support our kids. 
disrespect, all the different ways that stress, anxiety shows up in our kids and how to better meet their needs and also how to help ourselves in the process. Because honestly, it does start with us. So I hope you found this helpful today. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Also, if you can leave a review, I would love it. And just let me know what you find helpful. Uh, I want to get the word out to more moms so that they can get the support that they need. So see you back here next week and have a great week and make it a good one.